Welcome to First Generation Burden, a podcast dedicated to immigrants of the creative community. My name is Rich Tu, and I'm your host. Today, we are talking to photographer, artist, Ava Zar. She's a good friend of mine. Also, we worked together uh, on the MTV VMAs Barclays exhibit back in 2020. And uh, now she's in the studio today over here at Canal Street Market. So we talk all about her life, her journey, growing up in Austria and also Israel, and also how she came to New York to become a photographer, uh, where when I met her, she was a V-Files Photographer of the Year. So I was actually kind of intimidated when I first met Ava. Now she's in the studio today. But that said, we're going to talk about her chosen family how she's grown as an artist, and also um, how her work is a reflection of who she is as a human being. It's a great conversation. So without further ado, here's our talk with Ava Zar. How are you doing, by the way? It's good to see you. Usually I have a big-ass laptop, but today I have my notes <laughs> on, my, tiniest, on my phone. The tiniest laptop? No, that is not a laptop. <laughs> it's very clearly not a laptop. It would be so cute if you had like a tiny keyboard too. <laughs> it's like the Blackberry. But I, it I have like, like two this. toothpicks. I'm just like lightly pressing, <laughs> like click, 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 click. <laughs> um, this is my Podcasting's first podcast. A visual medium. <laughs> I I can vi- I mean I am a visual artist, so I can explain it in words. <laughs> <laughs> this is your first podcast. This is my first podcast. Ava, what? How yes. is that possible? Um. I've, I said this to Tim. I was on a radio once, which I think is kind of similar. What was the backstory of that? Um, my friend Dahlia has her own show. That's it's called Lemonade. Okay. So she would invite me like sometimes to it, and she's a really great DJ. Um, and she would like you know, um, have her favorite tunes or whatever it was like during her show like play. But I, yes. I actually don't remember what we were talking about. But she invited me onto it a couple of times and we actually talked about um like different topics but to be honest i really don't remember what it was <laughs> but listen i came prepared oh did you <laughs> i love that you came prepared with what <laughs> you know like hi i'm ava Zar, i'm a photographer <laughs> i needed to write that down for myself <laughs> oh my gosh i i love that well first of all like we've known each other for years now mm-hmm um, and the last time we saw each other, we, we, we had a wild karaoke session yes. over at the Sunday afternoon office, which is right by here. I did not sing. Right. For this party, I considered myself a very supportive cheerleader. Um, and I think that worked out in my favor. But you guys sang a lot. Um, and that was really beautiful. I really enjoyed that. <laughs> we did the same thing last year. And I think... Well, you weren't there last year, unfortunately, because you were at Art Basel. Right. And the timing worked out this year that yes. I was in Miami Yes, a week prior. Well, listen, they probably moved the party so you could come. No, that's not <laughs> true. Hunter. I feel like I have to match the number of chains. I've, I have a couple of inside chains that never are outside. A lot of chains. So I might have to just three for three. I'm thinking about getting a fourth one, but honestly, this one is already so chunky Yeah. that I don't want it to look like too much. You know, no. there's like a mix of like how much jewelry you can get away but with. But there are all like, different levels, though. Yeah. You have your nameplate, you have the Star David, and then you have your... Grandma's. Grandma's chain. Grandma's chain. Oh, wow. Grandma's okay. chain. I love that. Um, yeah. Did no, you take I'm, them off? I, I These I actually don't take off. I specifically had, like, this one I specifically made it shorter so it would fit, like, the three categories. So I didn't have to do that because this one, the plate was a little bit longer, so it will always dangle with the Star of David. Yeah. So I specifically made it a little bit shorter, and now I feel like it's, like, the perfect... Yes. Like, 
welcome. This is all you need to know about me without me speaking to you. Right. <laughs> I do tuck them in sometimes, like the Star of David or the ape, the plate. I will tuck it in on the train, like just mm. because I don't want like people to like either take it the wrong way or you know like. Oh, I'll just how tuck would it people in. take that the wrong way? I could see people like assholes being like you know wanting to, yeah, you know, chain snatch in Brooklyn. <laughs> Um, well, I think, I mean, I used to, I remember I had this shirt that I would always wear on set that just said, I am Ava in the back, huh. like on the back of my shirt, just so people didn't forget my name. Okay. Because there's, you know, there's like, on, especially on our sets, there's like 30 people, 40 people. And like, not everyone, like I can't remember everyone's name. So I feel like it really helped yes. having like a shirt that's just said my name on there. And like, I remember. So helpful on set. Yes. Helpful on set. But I remember I was wearing it once to the gym. And this guy came up to me and was like, hey, Ava, like, you know, he meant it as a joke. But obviously, like, I didn't know him. And then, like, I was confused. I was like, wait, how does he know my name? Yeah. So, like, the plate is definitely, like, I feel like if someone looks too close and then they know your name and then, you yeah. know, like, New it's, York Subway can get helpful. crazy. So, like, you, as a yeah. woman, I need to protect myself. So, I just, like, you know, tuck it up and that's it. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> but, yeah. Ava's are. Ava's are. It's so good to see you today. Welcome to First Generation Burden. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> uh, Canal Street Market. You're familiar with Canal Street Market, right? Yes. There was a was the Office magazine here. Yeah. Magazine uh, office. Yes. Somewhere there, right? Yes. Um, office Coffee. That used to be Office Coffee over mm -hmm. there. And then I think the magazine stand was also here mm. as well. And that, that's changed. It's a different yeah. thing. Yeah. We always we go here sometimes during lunch. Right. For when we when we are at the studio, because it's so close and they have so many yummy things. Yeah, totally. Uh, I would love to start this conversation the way we start every conversation. Yes. Tell us a little bit about who you are and where you're from, and then let's go into your telephone book of notes. <laughs> <laughs> listen. Yo, listener, Ava came prepared. I I mean, listen. Like, I love this. I love I love being prepared. I will say. I, the moment I start talking, I kind of forget about my notes. And then like at the end of it, I'm like, oh, wait, I didn't say this. I didn't yes. say that. So like hopefully today this won't happen. But I definitely came prepared. I thought a little bit about like what I want to say. But of course, yeah. like, Hell you know, yeah. but of course, listen, I'll start by introducing myself. Yeah, this is this is your conversation. I'm just along for the ride. OK, cool. Well, <laughs> don't let me talk by myself for like an hour. <laughs> it's so helpful, though. It's so helpful for me. <laughs> Okay, I'll start this off. I'll start this off. Okay, so I'm Ava Zar. I'm a photographer and director in NYC. This is not a PowerPoint presentation. Uh, <laughs> I moved to so I moved to New York a couple years ago. Um, I was lucky enough to get a full-time scholarship at Parsons. Shout out to my Toth and Co family uh, for giving me my my scholarship. Otherwise, I would have never been able to move here yeah um wait where were you living before new york i was living in vienna austria okay um and so this is kind of like where i can start like to back up all the way yeah to like tell you kind of like my story and like where my family is from because sure. this is where it gets a little bit more complicated when people ask me like where are you from where did you live um so to back up all the way my family is originally from dagestan which is in russia which is basically as far south as you can go in Russia, but also as far east as you can go in Europe. So like kind of like you, they like to call it Eurasia, mm -hmm. which is like a mix of Asia, mix of oh, Europe, yeah. because they still, can, it, I guess, can't it define. It is one landmass. Yes. And they can't define like where it, where Asia starts in Europe. I mean, they have kind of defined it, but it's, yeah. it's still, even for me, like the, I'm the like. The borders oh. are political. They're not based on 
geography really. Exactly. So like for me, like when people ask me, where are you from? I'm like, wait, am I from Europe? Am I, but I'm not Asian, but like, you know, like it's always like. Totally, a, yeah. So where I'm from, like there's like 30 ethnic groups. There's 81 nationalities. We border on Azerbaijan, on Georgia, on Chechnya. So there's like, there's a lot of culture going on. Um, and so like in the early 90s, when the economic and political collapse happened in Russia, so we're talking like post-Soviet Union, um, Russia was led into like a very deep depression. And so my parents were able to immigrate yeah. and, and leave and, and, you know, just not be part of the 90s in Russia. And they immigrated to Vienna, Austria. And so that's where I was born. Um, but my grandparents moved to Israel. So a lot of people that lived in that area and were Jewish yeah. moved to, were able to like escape to Israel. So I kind of spent my life here and there because my you know my mom worked really hard so like uh -huh. on in What'd session, your mom do? she's a kindergarten teacher oh dope um so like in the summer like she <laughs> would send us to israel for a couple of months uh -huh. so i kind of like spend my life here and there um and this is this is kind of like where like i i try kind of tried to find my community and my mom did a great job at like giving us a safe space at home but because I was kind of here and there and like it's like a, you know, grew up as a third culture kid. Yeah. I wasn't European enough for my European friends, but I also wasn't Israeli enough for my Israeli friends. Right. And I also definitely like wasn't Russian. So like it, it, I kind of like tried to find my culture and I was kind of feeling that. I that think it's important to define third culture kid too, right? Third culture kid is um, a person who's growing up in a culture that's apart from the their parents' own. A lot of immigrants feel that way, and also yeah. it's, a, it's a byproduct of, of the immigration experience. Yeah, and it's interesting because I used to never want to talk about that yeah. ever because I was so embarrassed. Because, you know, like, especially growing as, up as a teenager or as a child, like, you want to define yourself, right? And you want to find the culture that you're part of. And sure. you want to find your peeps, you know, yeah. and, like, just, you know, be part of something and I couldn't do that. Like, I couldn't do that in Vienna. I couldn't do that in Israel. Yeah. Like, I couldn't do that So anywhere. you went to school in Vienna, but you would spend summers in Israel. I would spend a lot of time in Israel. I yeah. would, And even going to school in Vienna, because my parents, and maybe this is similar for you, like, my parents didn't speak German at home. So, like, going, mm. coming home, like, I was completely in a different culture being at home, being yeah. with my family, than being, like, with my Austrian friends, yeah. for example. My parents talked Tagalog at home, but then they would talk to me in English. Yeah. So I heard it felt familiar but i never learned the language uh, speakable yeah 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 oh i mean for us it was a little bit different like i Do you I, speak russian? I speak russian um and it was super important for my mom i think to like how many languages do you know so german russian and english now damn so there is a lot <laughs> there's a lot of stuff happening yeah. in my brain <laughs> a yeah lot of different languages well, there are a lot of multilingual peeps at sunday i mean ahmed's yeah Ahmed super for multilingual. Sure. um Peter sunday, yeah also? peter speaks two languages I Peter mean, Phobia, shout out to Peter. Shout out to Peter. Shout out to Ahmed. Um, we love them. I mean, the, the good thing about I love Sunday afternoon for being like that, you know, like that we have so many different people that can educate us on their cultures, too, because that's so exciting. Too. Of course. Love that. So, you know, so I, I kind of like try to find and this is where Sunday afternoon also comes in my culture and my my community. Um, in my chosen family and in my surroundings because mm. I, I knew I couldn't do that through a geographical place. Like yeah. I couldn't define myself. Oh, this is where I'm from or this is, you know, like I just, I couldn't do that. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, I was searching for home and like, and, and really like trying to define myself as, as a kid and like, and, and just now like being at Sunday afternoon and like 
like just growing up like mm-hmm. i found in my <laughs> i say i say this very lightly in my quote unquote research i found that like home and community and 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 you are doing such a great job of that too is is people and like and and home feels you feel home with someone when you're with a person that you love and you feel yeah. home when you're in a community right and for me like for me at least that can never be a geographical place like who knows if i'm going to stay in new york like i'll move somewhere else but i'll yeah. still feel home there um because you, you say that in your bio even like the wanting to find home or searching for like a definition for it yeah you're so vocal about it yeah i think i mean i think it's i think it's super important and i think that's why i also struggle with terms like self-made or um or you know going at it alone because i think i think when you're trying to define a community or when you're trying to define a connection with a person yeah i think we are led to believe that this like myth of like self-made you know like like somehow we connect to like we connect success with going at it alone with like you know being self-made but i i actually don't know if that really works that way because success to me is like if you are in a community and you kind of uplift each other and like yeah. so many people like in my work have taken so many chances on me like you definitely have you know and that's i think that's oh yeah we had a great um working experience that sounds cold no we, <laughs> we, we, we had, had a wonderful a, working yeah. experience <laughs> No, we pause for five minutes. <laughs> Let's no, have a side chat. No, you did the the VMAs um, Brooklyn exhibition yes. over at uh, Atlantic Terminal. I want to talk about it. Like that was such a yeah. fun experience. And also for the listener, you were the only one that that went out and got original work. Yes, I did new work for it. Yeah, we were like, you don't have to do it. You're like, no, I'm going to do it. We're like, I, I need amazing. to. You yeah. know, I need to. And I, I love that. That experience was so amazing. A because it was the first project I was able to do in like the pandemic right mm. because this was like june tw- i want to say june or july 2020 so like yeah it's we like w- july yeah Ju- yeah it was like the first time we were able to shoot again mm-hmm. and like so that was that was super special to me because at that point i was like well ev- am i ever gonna be a photographer again like right. you know that was like it was a very very scary time so yeah. like being able to go out and like photograph something and then see it on like a train station right. major wait am it, i gonna have to be on set through zoom for the rest of my life like no right. i hate that you know i really i just i especially talking about connection community like you want to be like in the room with people and like yeah. you want to like feel that and like you know have how this, much do like, you thrive on that being in the room um, I think a lot. Like, of course, that's. I think we as humans are able to give each other energy, right? Mm-hmm. And like uplift each other. And through that, we're able to create better work. We're able to be better people, you right. know? So like, like even for the MTV thing, like because I was able to photograph these two drag queens that were super important to me, like I felt like I was giving them a space. Of course. Um, to like, you know, be seen. But on the other hand, they gave me like the trust and the opportunity to like photograph them and, 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 right. you know, and create just better work. So right. in the end, doing like it for it, the community. Yeah. Like it, yeah. it all, it's like a win-win for everyone. Yep. And I, I think like that, that project in particular was so special. And like, I look back on it and like, it makes me super happy. Oh, me and too. I'm so happy that I created like original work for it. I think it would yeah. have not been the same. Yeah. That was for me, that might be my top five, Maybe top three, possibly top two, maybe yeah. top one. I, th- I won't know top one until I'm, I guess I'm on my deathbed. Yeah. But 
Um, it might Which be, will not be soon. <laughs> I know, not going to win. Um, I, it's one of my most absolute favorite experiences just because of the journey that it took to, to get to the summation of everything. And also by the community of everyone coming together. Like, you were so amazing. Like, Zapong was amazing. Like, um, mm -hmm. John and YL from Marcos Key were amazing. Mm -hmm. Like, literally everyone, Curvin, like, et cetera, et cetera, goes down the line. Um, Bronson Farr, like, everyone showed up. And it the byproduct of it was such a labor of love where it was for the smallest amount of people that could physically be in space because we were in the middle of the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, but it was so special to everyone involved. Like, yeah. We, we kind of did it for ourselves. Yeah. And I think, I mean, it, that's what you... Like, <laughs> like so what, much money yeah. <laughs> went into doing something <laughs> for us. Yeah. But that's at the end of the day, like that's, that is like what kind, I mean, as selfish as that sounds, that's yeah. what your art is about. Like most right. of the stuff you do for yourself, like yeah. you... It was, you uh, that was a generosity thing. Yeah. I feel. Yeah, I mean, I that MTV project, I it just has a very special place in my heart for so many different reasons. Oh, I'm and so like, glad. I remember going down to the train station, and you're like, like you know, for me, like major goals to see my work on a train station, and then to yeah. see it on, you know, the Barclay. Like it wasn't like a tiny place. Like it was like big, and and there's like so many of them, and like we were like running around and trying to find all yeah. of them. So it's like that a scavenger was, hunt. Yeah, that was super cool. I'm I I'm 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 so lucky and so grateful I was able to do that. Oh, of course. Well, we're gonna collaborate again. Yes. <laughs> Somehow we'll find a way. We will. We always find a way. It's funny. Like yeah. when I met Ahmed, I met him over 10, 15 years ago now at this point, but. We weren't on set together until like many, many years later. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those things. But anyway, go on about um, the journey, Parsons. The, journey. the Parsons. The Parsons of it all. Wait, so when you so when you got here, um, you were yeah, you, you got a full ride to Parsons. I got a full ride to Parsons. Yeah, and and when I first met you, had you just graduated? You were like the photographer of the year for V Files. I remember thinking when when I heard your name and also seen saw the work. And we're like, oh, yeah, um, uh, you're going to meet Ava. I was like, oh, she looks super fucking cool. <laughs> I was almost intimidated, actually. <laughs> oh, my God, that's so sweet. I felt the same way about you. So to me, like, when you asked me to be on First Gen Burden, I was like, whoa, like, <laughs> you know, what's going on? How This is such a great way to end the year. But, yeah, I mean, I had honestly, I just moved here. I was a photographer before before I moved here. So, like, Parsons was just it was another, like, stepping stone. But when I started, yeah. like, I started out. Long before that, I actually was photographing for Vice. Went mm. back. Can I say this? Back when Vice was still cool, I guess. <laughs> like, I don't know. Maybe yeah, like let's it. cut that. I don't know. No, who cares? Um, but Vice yeah, doesn't pay our bills. Yeah, that true. So like back then they were still super cool. Well, I mean at the time, what? Jesus Samira was on Vice. Um, yeah. I mean, I was like Action shooting. Action Bronson was on Vice. Action, yeah. Um, I actually saw Eddie Action Wong. Bronson a long time ago as well. Um, but yeah, like I started photographing for them. So my first photo project, um, yeah. I was doing this like, aren't they lovely series where I was, would photograph, um, couples in their houses, like mm. whether that was a straight couple or queer couple, like mm -hmm. that didn't really matter. So I would just go into their house and like shoot on my camera and I was, was this for the magazine or the website? It was for the website. Yeah. yeah. It was all for the website and it was like a monthly series. So I did that for a full year. Um, and then I was like, well, I'm going to be, how'd you get hooked up with vice? Um, so in, I mean, the Vienna community is super small, right? So like, I kind of got to meet the editor there through a party, I think. Uh -huh. And then he was like, oh, you have such a cool vibe. Like you should shoot this. Yeah. And I was that like, that is how it goes, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, Hey, you're cool. Just yeah, do this like, thing. Yeah. And, and it's, and that's, that's what also what I was talking about before. Like someone took a chance on me. Like they, yeah. this could have gone completely wrong. 
but like that person was like yo like you're cool like i i wonder if you could shoot this for us and like you just say yes even if you're not ready or you are and then hopefully it just turns out for the best um and so and that's that's also part of a community like someone just believing in you and being like yo like you got this and then and then you go out and you do it and it's amazing and you know you can prove everyone right yeah yeah so i started out there and then i knew that i was going to get serious about photography the more i photographed for me like it was just like such an amazing feeling to be able to capture moments mm -hmm. um, to be able to connect with people through my work because yeah. again like i was looking for a community and like you can't just come up to someone and be like hey let's be friends but you can come up to someone and be like hey i'm a photographer would you want to work with me and mm -hmm. then you collab and then you kind of become friends or you don't um <laughs> or you don't or you don't um but you do in most cases you do I, I i actually got introduced to a lot of people most people that i know through my work you know of course um and yeah and then as luck would have it i was able to move to new york i was able to like i got this full-time scholarship um, and that's how like my life really changed. Like mm -hmm. there was like a very big moment for me. What year me. was that? Um, 2016. So not that long ago. So it's been almost seven years. Um, and, and that's where I really like started to become like, I say serious, but it's quote unquote, because obviously like just keep the fun in your work all the time. But mm -hmm. that's when I was like, okay, this is how I can make money off of this. I yeah. can like make this make this my livelihood and mm -hmm. that's i think where like things got like it shifted a little bit and then in 2018 i got introduced to sunday afternoon um and that's where my like my things really my my life took off <laughs> <laughs> super cheesy but kind of true like a lot of things changed in the last couple of years yeah you, you know it's well i see you on on set all the time and also it looks like you're so busy yeah. like i just saw you shot for pinterest right yes and, and that really cool uh la house yeah. with the with the pool and everything and yeah. also pinterest just did that big campaign that rebrand yeah yeah i mean they this is so funny because a um jc from sunday afternoon did the pinterest logo right um, it's all connected. And B, Ahmed actually shot in the same location years ago. So it all comes back kind of. But yeah, I mean, Pinterest was definitely Who one did of... He? Was it like a Bacardi thing? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's okay. I know the house now. Yes. Because I remember those photos that... Um, okay, yeah. That house, that house so... That house was so cool to shoot. It's just shoot one of those in, houses. But, but it's, yeah, it's, it was in LA, but it was so old. Like, uh -huh. so we couldn't plug. I mean, there's like, yeah, with productions like that, when you have so many people and you're juggling so many different ideas that you have to get in like a couple of days while yeah. you're on set, um, the production of it becomes very interesting because, for example, that house was so old, like we couldn't plug anything in. So we had to bring in generators. Oh. So like the house is really lovely, but it also comes, you know, shooting on locations like Were that. Were shooting outside? Uh, yeah, we were shooting inside, outside, and you have to protect the. When you're shooting inside, it becomes very, very complicated because you have to protect the floors. You have to make sure like all the things go back to where they were. So yeah. it's a very interesting. It's very fun to be in the pre-production process of shoots like that because it kind of unfolds. You know, it gets bigger yes. and bigger and bigger. And the clients, like once they see the creative, they also have. You know, sometimes they're like, "Oh my god, this is like." They see the location, they're like oh, this is so cool. Like, let's add this. Let's add this. Let's add that. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden it has become... Just balloons. Yeah, it balloons a lot of the times. And, and that's very interesting and very cool Was it one of those um, those single floor LA houses yes. with like... 
with no basement literally my dream house <laughs> like please just have like let me just have like a flat house that go that's like pretty long like i don't want to have a second floor yes i just want something that i like walk all the way <laughs> like it takes me like half a day to get to the end of the house yes and then it takes me half a day to just get back <laughs> to it <laughs> i associate those houses with paul thomas anderson movies yes yeah yeah for sure and like listen like that that shoot was so cool it ended up being on like all those like Tokyo train stations. So like, I mean, I guess I have this thing with train stations now. Find my work <laughs> on train stations. Well, that well, not gonna lie, but like that is kind of how you know that your work is ubiquitous. Because when you're in the space where everyone is, yeah, then that's the indicator, right? Yeah, it's just I think when we you are, see your yeah. shit just out in the world, yeah. That's dope. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, it's different. It's definitely different when you're like, oh my God, this is going live on YouTube, you know, or like you have like this like article coming out in the New York Times, but it right. it's only digital. That's a pop. Like, yeah, versus like seeing like full blown, like your work on like the, like on Times Square. Yeah. You know, and I mean that I've, I've had that happen. And then, right. and it's like those That's moments. That's a trippy feeling. Yeah, like, yeah. Look at that thing. It's like, like, look at those I, yeah, I mean, there. I remember like my like a humble brag here. Um, <laughs> I was able to show my work on the Nasdaq building, and back then I didn't know I didn't even know what Nasdaq yeah. was. Like I was like Nasdaq, who is she? Nasdaq building. <laughs> Na Nasdaq is the, with the tall vertical screen. Yeah, like one of those screens, I guess. And okay. I, I thought it was super small. I was like, oh, like it's gonna be on the whatever this is, the Nasdaq building, I guess. And then we show up, and then Peter is like. Oh, yeah, that's the NASDAQ that's building. That's massive. And I'm like, what? Like, you know, just go with my head up, like, all the way my neck just, like, falling into the back. I was like, oh, this is, like, to the to the moment until we got there, I didn't know where my work was going to be. Yeah. And then seeing it, it's just, like, such a magical, like, you can't take you, no money or no, nothing can take that moment away from yeah. you. You know, that that's so cool. That is kind so of cool. the drug, isn't it? Yeah. Like that really is the chase. Like I, when I think about chasing the dragon, so to speak, and you know, with the work that we all do, um, and like where we want to see our, our, where we want to see our work, where we're essentially we're showing up, that feeling, that energy that you get of like, oh, that's, I'm, I'm, um, seeing my work again in a brand new context outside of my own involvement. Yes. Yes. I mean, I think creating. Like at the end of the day, like it has to mean something to you. Yeah. Whether you're like an illustrator, whether you're a photographer, whether you know you're a filmmaker, whatever it is, like to differentiate it a little bit, there is commercial success, and that I, I think to like some de degree, like you can fake that, and yeah. like you, and that is really like where like generational wealth comes into play, and like where you know, like if you're famous or like you come from like a wealthy family, it's easier to ach achieve finan a financial freedom and also commercial success. But there's also this other bucket where it's really about you as an artist. And at the end of the mm -hmm. day, like, like that's like soul work, you know, like of as course. cringe as that sounds like that's like, what, that's why not, am that's I? Not cringy. <laughs> it is soul work, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, so like, that's like, why are you creating this art? Like, what are you, what, like, what is your process? Like, what is, why are you doing that? And yeah. like, I think to me, that's always like trying to be successful in like both ways, you know, like commercial success, because it's my livelihood at the end of the day. Like, mm -hmm. that's how I pay my rent. Mm -hmm. um, that's how I'm able to afford, you know, the life that I'm able to afford. That's how I'm able to help out my family. Yeah. But on the other hand, there's also this person inside of me that's like, I'm an artist and like, you, you have to create, I think, in my like at least in my process like i want to create things that i that i care about mm -hmm. and like that i can dedicate my work to so like when i decided okay i'm gonna dedicate like 
my work to like photographing women, you know, like that right. to me is like super, super important. And like, and I knew exactly why I was doing that. And like, and that it doesn't matter to me. Is that a Pinterest campaign? Is that going to be on Times Square? Like that, none of that matters because at the end of the day, like you are trying to create for yourself as yeah. well. So can there's like these two things. Can we touch on that? Like when did, when did you land into your, into your content? Cause you're, you're so amazing about photographing women, but also you talk about, uh, mission and purpose yeah. and providing visuals to show diversity across all skin tones, self-expressions, genders, orientations, ages, abilities, body types. Like yeah. you're so loud and proud about that. When did yeah. that become your mission? Yeah. I mean, listen, I think a lot of people answer it that way, but like you grow up with visuals yes. and like if you are not represented in those visuals, yes. you are kind of, and, and then you become part of like the visual industry. Like you become part of this creative industry. You're like, okay, what do I want to see? Like, what did I didn't see when I was a child? Yeah. And that's maybe a very generic what was answer, I missing? but like, what, yeah. yeah, what am I missing? And like, also, um, what do I want to see more in the world? Right. Yeah. Um, and I think deciding and like I've photographed all of these type of people since I can remember. So for me, like it wasn't even it wasn't necessarily that I was like, oh, I'm going to photograph like I'm going to be super diverse in my photography. It just happened. And then people define that for me. You know, yeah, like, you yeah, know, like, yeah. I, like I saw like an, it's so know. intrinsic to you. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. Like it was just like part it's like part of my identity. I was never like, oh, I'm going to pick up this camera and now I'm going to photograph like you know like jewish people or poc people or women yeah. like it just happened so naturally to of me course. because that's what i was drawn to yeah and then you know i i ended up seeing like features or you know interviews that people would have with myself and then um and then the first line was like woman photographs you know <laughs> like women photograph women or but that wasn't that wasn't i never said that 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 was just like part of you know like that's the selling quantifying coin. your thing yeah and and, and it <laughs> makes sense because now that i try to explain what i do it's the easiest way for me to explain right it, it is you know i have to say though like in in 2022 because mm -hmm. we've quantified a lot of these things it is nice to have that single line elevator pitch about what you actually do yeah because it was hard to actually vocalize like for me it was like hard to vocalize like well i want to um i, I want to bring more inclusivity more representation to the table through the lens of art and design <laughs> and creativity and and seeing myself reflected in the work blah 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 but now i can say you know i do this I am creative. I am, I am a creative person that, and this is my mission, this is my goal. Yeah. And people just like get a little bit faster. And I, I mean, I think like for you, like specifically for you, because you do so many things, you know, like there's so many. Trying to do less. <laughs> is it going to, do you think that's ever going to work 2023? No, I don't know. <laughs> I, even after this, I've, I'm going to go to a big Apple con and then I'm going to go to Crocs, the Crocs store and return a pair of Crocs that are half a size too small. <laughs> I've already you, said too much. Wait, are you, are you going to get another pair of Crocs? Um, Are you going to exchange them? No. Well, I bought a pair of Crocs. I was too small. I accidentally bought them in um, in women's size opposed to men's size, which is also <laughs> it's odd for me. Also, having formerly been in the footwear industry to yes. have two different sizing um, Makes no sense. worlds. It doesn't make any damn sense. Yeah. Like, give me a 12.5 in a women's because that equals an 11 men's. Perfect. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I accidentally bought an 11 women's in a pair of Croc Echoes in their desert sand colorway. And then uh, it came late, and I had to buy a pair of size 11s in men's that did come, and I wore them in Art Basel. And then I just have, and I have to return these and then go to my comic book show and <laughs> be nerdy. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best thing. Listen, like, you need to, like, fall into your nerdism as much as you can. It's, like, the best, the best thing to, like, bring a fresh mind to Monday, yeah. <laughs> to work days. Um, but I... 
I will say, like, I'm going to be very honest. Yes. I don't like Crocs that much. You know what? You don't have to. It's okay. It's you, a, you and okay. Allie are very... <laughs> okay, perfect. Like, in that she I was like, wait, are rags we gonna, on me unmercifully. Yeah. I was like, are we going to... If I'm going to say this, is the, is the this podcast, podcast a wrap? Yeah. When like, Vice is cool, yeah. when <laughs> Crocs are shit. <laughs> like, is this going to be the headline? Like, Avazar doesn't like Crocs. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, yo, the reason I even fell into Crocs is because when I did Sneaker Wars mm-hmm. at MTV, mm-hmm. we did a Crocs episode before Crocs were cool. Mm-hmm. And we did it like almost as a troll mm-hmm. to the sneaker industry. Like, what if we just did Crocs? Um, and then uh, there was an extra set uh, of Crocs on set that I just took home. We were in L.A. and I was like, oh, I'll just I'll take home this pair of uh, size 11s. And then the pandemic happens five minutes later. And I'm like, oh, actually, I love these things. Yeah. And then I just go on this journey of buying all these different mules. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is what a croc is, a clog or a mule, rather, which is essentially a shoe with the back cut off. And uh, I ended up getting a ton. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I have like maybe 10 pairs. I just get so obsessed. With did something. you did you buy the little add ons for the crocs? Oh, gibbets. Yeah, that's what they called. Yeah, that's what they are called. I was on a bit of a gibbets journey, <laughs> I think, in 2021. <laughs> that could be your podcast name. Gibbets. Rich Two's on a gibbet journey. <laughs> that's my sidebar like, podcast. When you, yeah, when you interview yourself. <laughs> oh, how meta would that be? Yeah, you would just like have to walk from my, one mic to the other mic. I know. Or I could just program an AI chatbot. Yeah. Uh, program uh, the the bot. With this podcast, and yeah. then I'll just interview myself. Yeah, I mean, do We're that. Close to it. Do that, but I mean, I will say, <laughs> do like, that. Do that. <laughs> Going back to the Crocs, <laughs> very more important topic. Um, I have a lot of people on set that love Crocs, and I'm they sure swear do. by them. Like I'm they sure swear do. by them, and like we don't have a like. Luckily, to all all the crew people that are gonna work with me in the future, we do not have a uniform on set. You can wear whatever <laughs> you want. It's okay if you wear Crocs. I will still hire you. Right. Um, it's, either, it's either Crocs or socks. Are you a socks person on set? I I usually, honestly, I usually wear New Balance. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I New Balance is dope. I love I, New Balance. Yeah, I, think, I got a pair of uh, 990 V5s. I think I'm not, not on right now, but I'm my faves. New, I'm wearing New Balance right now. Um, they are super comfortable, and I think... I think on set. Shout like, out to the 550s. Love. Yeah, I think that's the one that I'm wearing. Pink five, five. Is that 550s? Look, you're a sneaker. You're a sneaker head. Oh yeah, those are the 550s. So yes. 550s and pink guys. Yeah. Um, love the shoes. Like a dusty pink. Dusty pink. Yes, dusty. Yeah. It's called dusty pink. <laughs> <laughs> this is now an ASMR account. <laughs> um, but yeah, like usually, usually going back to work, uh, on set you just want to be comfortable. Yeah. And I know some people like on set they like this is like their moment to shine, and they'll come mm-hmm. in like you know like super cute outfits and like and like like super bougie and like branded you know yeah. branded outfits. I mean people like your team that is. Uh, n- not really like not really mean, me, like but like in talent. general like talent or other photographers. Right. But for for me personally, like I like to be super comfortable. Oh, because, I, I like, see. You oh, know, you, I see. Like for me personally, like I like to be like super comfortable. I'll wear like a pair of leggings and like, you know, just so I can run around because I'm running around a lot. Like it's very yeah. physical, like it's physical labor. Um, yeah. I say so physical labor. Um, <laughs> She's about to flip the table over everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And yeah, I mean, Crocs have been worn on set. It's acceptable. We will hire you. <laughs> we will. <laughs> 
But oh, would you take a Crocs job if Crocs is like, yo, Ava? We need you if to anyone shoot. from the creative team on Crocs is hi- hiring right now, I love Crocs. <laughs> <laughs> Any creative directors out there working for Crocs right now, you have heard nothing until this point. I love Crocs. <laughs> Hire me for your new Crocs campaign. <laughs> Listen, I would love to do footwear. Like footwear photography would be amazing. Oh, yeah. I don't oh. think that I've done that so far. Could manifest that. Yeah, manifesting right now for 2023. Um, any creative directors out there listening to us right now Hell yeah. that are in the footwear business, um, hire us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be very, very honest here. <laughs> uh, I want to talk a little bit about, um, actually, I want to go back to, to casting. Are you maniacal about casting? What does maniacal mean? Maniacal means like um, because you, you are about, you know, you love bringing community to the table mm-hmm. um i think specifically for the pinterest job like that's mm-hmm. that feels like that was all casting mm-hmm. right like are are have you always been that way um so you mean that it's important to me yeah or like really in the weeds like like and i'm i have a s- different vantage point when i'm on the other side of the table for a shoot right yeah. and i i can get into the weeds on casting yeah but i do love to defer to a lot of people's thoughts opinions and hear what what people are thinking although i do have uh, preferred i'll yeah. often go with like if we really feel strongly then let's decide this as a team type of thing but are yeah. you just like no this is what i want um i mean i think i think especially for commercial projects like yeah. like things like pinterest or you know like um like bigger projects at mtv thing or we just did something for venus like those projects What's venus? venus gillette oh okay. it hasn't come out yet oh okay um, oh razor yes um so I think for for projects like that, because and you know this from an agency perspective, the team is so big and there's so many people in the room like you have to be a team player. So like if I was a photographer that was like, no, this is I'm doing this my way or yeah. the highway. I don't think that people would. I'm David would, LaChapelle. Yeah. This is what I'm doing. Actually, I love David LaChapelle is one of my favorite photographers. No, but he's, he's But he is like, you know, he's very specific. Like people, I, I, want, right. I, I wonder if he's, I was an art director. He's at a point at his life where he's afforded the ability to be specific exactly and i think if someone comes to him they are coming to him for that specific vision right like mm-hmm. they're like oh we want that david le chapelle look like we want you know like like hyper real exactly and like well hyper real but also like fantasy, fantasy so, right. sort of like you know like li- that lives in his world right yeah but i think when you're working on like pinterest where it's like a, again like kind of like a community effort where there's a lot of people there's a creative director there's an art director right there's you know client like a lot of people have to prove that you kind of have to be a team player and you i've had i was lucky enough that every project that i worked on um the creative directors and art directors were very much interested in what i had to say so they would Mm. they also to me like they also reach out because they have like a a specific project that kind of similar to every creative right like they will reach out to you for like a specific project that fits your style. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, but at the end of the day, I still think it's, it's a group effort and like everyone, not everyone, but you have to align on a vision together. Yeah. And if, if luckily, luckily enough, I am in the position where it's like, if that project really doesn't align with my values, Mm -hmm. I can always say no. And I can always say, well, guys, listen, this is a great project, but it's not really for me. Yeah. Luckily, I'm in a position where I can just say, let's reconnect on the next one, you know? But I think for most jobs that I've done, especially with the casting, like 
the the agency team was always very open to hearing my suggestions mm-hmm. and really like letting me be part of it. And what like, agency was the Pinterest stuff with? That was actually direct to client, so they didn't have an. Oh, agency. get out! Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that was direct to client. Nice. Um, so they that always feels nice. Yeah, I mean, yeah, for sure, and like they were definitely like the 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 Pinterest peeps were definitely one of those types of people who were asking a lot, like kind of like what do you think like what like how should we yeah. do this how should we do that did so they know they, that jc did the logo did actually they? no they didn't which was so funny because we were sitting at the wrap dinner and yeah. i was like, like you know my my uh, homie did your monogram my, yeah like the, my my big brother here did, did, did everything <laughs> for you guys and, yeah. the, and the and the producer was like oh no we we didn't know that and i thought oh like and then i just like you know <laughs> casually just showed <laughs> showed her the website i was like look like you know like scrolling through his website and being like oh yeah my friend did that you know <laughs> and then she was like so impressed and yeah shout out to jc he's in japan right now yeah i know i've been um, looking at his instagram like yeah. uh, so jealous yes so me hungry too. <laughs> all the time i'm hu- i mean i'm hungry all the time so <laughs> i can eat, i can eat whatever um but yeah um okay so i want to talk about your uh uh I want to talk about what you're doing next. Are you doing any features? I feel like you're you're ready for something massive, huge. Like a feature film? Oh, you know, or like um like a short film. Like because yeah. the kind of stories that you're telling are so yeah. I think rooted in the human experience. I think especially the visuals that you create are rooted in the human experience, and they are they're soft, but they're not vulnerable. If that yeah. makes any sense, yeah. right? It's like really, I feel like you're showcasing an individual's best self. Well, right? A, I think this is one of the best definitions of my work. So when this podcast come out comes out, I will I will definitely steal that sentence <laughs> and it will probably end up on my website or on Instagram. Oh yes, please. Um and that's how I from now on will also tell people what I do. I think that's <laughs> it's a pretty spot Soft, on but not vulnerable. But not vulnerable. Um pretty spot on definition. Um I for the past like two or three years I started directing um, motion, which I love, yeah. and this year specifically, 2022, um, more work has actually been motion work than photography, and I'm mm-hmm. seeing like for myself, I'm seeing a shift. Yeah. Um, and I'm as manifesting, obviously. Yeah. I'm hoping that that shift keeps happening. So I really, I think when I when I found motion and like I I started working like with motion crews and like all of that, I really kind of understood. When you say like, motion, shooting video. Yeah, shooting video. Um, I, I was like, well, especially the first time I was able to be like on a really big set, I was like, wow, you know, this is what I want to do. Yeah. Like I love, love, love photography and I've done it for a couple of years now and I will continue to do photography, but, but seeing your photos start to move and mm-hmm. then telling a story is just such like, that's, that's so magical and that's yeah. so like, it's almost like like wow how how you know i mean film has been around for you know so long but yeah. like when it's about your work and um, maybe this could speak to you as in like if you were to see your work animated yeah you know like all of a sudden like everything oh yeah that was a shift for me you know like seeing seeing your work it's from like oh like, my lines are moving yeah like how that's like it's so i don't even have the words for it it's so yeah. next level like it's it like so insane to see that and i think do you have your do you have your motion pipeline, What's that like mean? down or do you or, you know some uh, some shooters that prioritize motion 
and then do stills as a, as their secondary. Mm-hmm. They'll they'll shoot primarily in motion in 4K, and then they'll just you know they'll take they'll, the screen. Yeah, they'll take like, like 4K reps. renders. Yeah. Um, I haven't done that yet. Um, just another level of efficiency if someone were to do that maybe at some point yeah. like maybe at some point we'll be able to do I that I think your work plays well for it because it's your work does have that cinematic aesthetic where the softness of the still from the motion piece could actually translate well yeah you know what I mean yeah I mean I think you know it's not like it works comped out I think so far we've always had clients that wanted to do both yeah so like i found that like in the last like couple of years especially since 2020 um clients have shifted their way from like hiring just a photographer just a director to like hiring one person for both Mm -hmm. so they'll come it's almost like a request like it's like a non-brainer that they would do both at the same time on set and Mm -hmm. like and i think that's what we've been trying to do um over like the last two years really kind of like how are we able to bring both of these sets together yes. and like and like create like a holistic approach to to giving our clients both assets basically yeah and i think it would be really lovely to actually not do both and just grab take screen grabs <laughs> and then call it a day and be like hey guys do you want to use these screen grabs for photos we'll right. see how that goes um i'm i mean who knows on a low stakes client <laughs> yeah yeah, maybe. Well, I mean, I'm so excited for 2023. I think a lot has happened this year, and yeah. and 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 I keep saying this every year. I'm like, oh my god, this year was so much better than last year. Oh my god, this year was so much better than last year, and it keeps ha- it keeps happening, and hopefully, it will happen next year as well. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, I have to ask. So, in culture right now, we're in an interesting point. There's been a massive wave of anti-Semitism mm-hmm. in the world, like, and I know that you know you're. You're, you are your whole self all the time. Mm-hmm. How are you reacting to that? We don't, and if you don't want to answer that, feel free to not. I'll, I'll try to answer. I'll try to answer it. Um, I grew up in Austria. Yeah. Right? So, like... <laughs> we can cut this out if you don't want, for, by yeah. the way. Well, we'll talk about it, and then, and then we'll think about it. Yeah. I'll, I'll try. I'll try to answer that. Um, for, those, for those who don't know, <laughs> Austria is south of Germany. So, I... I was raised in in a country that that had a lot of like history, right? And like right, yeah, um, to say the least. To say the least, that had a lot of history. So, um, when I went to high school, I was actually the only like I was one of three people in like a I don't know how many thousands of kids we had. Shout out to public schools. Um, <laughs> shout out to public schools. Shout out to public schools. Um, <laughs> we, I was one of three girls in that whole school. Um, that was Jewish. So oh. no one, one of three girls, period, I'll just no, like, <laughs> that was Jewish. Um, yeah. So there wasn't a lot of Jewish people there. Okay. And like, I didn't really, to be honest, I didn't really tell people. The only reason people knew I was Jewish is because I didn't attend Catholic religion class because I wasn't, that wasn't my, my, my religion. So yeah. like, I didn't go. So people sure. knew that I was Jewish because I wasn't there. Um, oh, yeah, kind of othered by not participating in something that's, I guess, part of their curriculum. Yes. Oh, and so that's yeah. how that's how people kind of knew. But I yeah, because I grew up in a country that was had already so much history. Those t- topics came up all the time. And like and this is kind of this is kind of interesting because when I moved to New York, this was actually the first time where I was like, 
oh wait, there's so many Jewish people. <laughs> like before that, like in Austria, I always thought, oh, there's like 10 Jewish people and right. like, the you know. The community is massive out Yeah, here. no, here it's like, I, I, and this is so funny because like I moved here and I instantly felt at home. That's cool. And that's why I think I'm like, I'm definitely a New York city bias. Like I love New York. New York is like, I'm like a ride or die person. And I, and, and as you know, I just got my green card two weeks ago. Yeah, you did. Um, so shout out to your green card. <laughs> shout out to Homeland Security. <laughs> <laughs> the one time we'll shout out Homeland Security. <laughs> there is a lot of shout outs today happening. Um, but Homeland Security, if you're listening, thank you so much for giving me my green card. Yeah, 99% of the time, never shout out Homeland Security, but this time I will. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I definitely like, I feel home here for sure. Yeah, but I think, great. like, part of the reason is like because I met people that are like me. And before that, I haven't. And this is kind of like looping all the way back to the beginning of our conversation. Yeah. Where it's like you you're stronger and you feel better and you feel safer. Like you're feeling a safe space when you have a community of, you know, your people and like and not having that my entire childhood because I grew up in a country that was um, that basically erased, you know, like literally erased Jewish people from like their 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 landscape how do you say that i don't even yeah, know from like, the world from the world like th those are the countries responsible for that i wasn't really comfortable even saying people like saying that i'm jewish for a really long time oh wow and like i, I just wouldn't you know I, I definitely wasn't wearing like a star of david like i just i would keep it like in in austria yeah like i wasn't huh. i mean i i only started wearing it I, I was wearing it but i was always wearing it like in my shirt so like not oh, it wow. wasn't like out were you religious N not really. I consider myself to be like. Were you mitzvah? Uh, what? Mitzvah. Yes, I had like a little, little bad mitzvah, but I, I consider myself a bad Jew. Like honestly, I don't. I think Hanukkah started now, um, but I'm not like a hundred percent sure. Um, but yeah, I was raised like hardcore Catholic that I eventually tapered off. Yeah. Do you? Well, do you feel like? your parents put that on you or is that something that you wanted to be part of? Um, they, well, yeah, they put that on me and my sister and you know, that was, that was the way that they came up, you know? Um, and my mother, she was super, she is super Catholic. It's a funny story. My mom, um, her father, my grandfather passed away when my mother was like 20. Mm -hmm. My mother was the oldest 10 kids and my grandmother, um, she had, she had 10 kids. So, um, when, grandfather passed away granddad lolo passed away he uh, he left a, a whole community behind <laughs> um and my the youngest kid i think was like three years old so yeah. my grandmother was a bit you know like in a bit of a lurch right um so she and he passed away on easter sunday that's what i was getting passed away on easter sunday so she makes um she be my grandmother goes to church she grew up catholic goes to church um denounces catholicism and then goes to, um, a, uh, I think, Seventh-day Adventist church, mm -hmm. a bit more of a specific mm -hmm. <laughs> denomination, right, of Christianity. And then goes to the pulpit in a very dramatic fashion, brings all the, all the, the relics of saints and statues and stuff and breaks them on the pulpit. What? Yeah, <laughs> and then denounces Catholicism in front of a, her new congregation. And so, but the oldest kid, essentially my mom and a couple of my, my aunts and, and uncle stayed Catholic because mm -hmm. they were either teenagers in their early 20s, but then everyone else um, became um, Seventh-day 
Adventist. Yeah. And it was a bit of this split in the family for yeah. a long time. Yeah. Um, so it became such a thing that um, even when my grandmother passed a few years ago, um, my mother was adamant about her being buried in a Catholic um, cemetery. Um, of but course. Even th- but because she's the oldest of the family now, she had the ability to say that. Yeah. Even though the, maybe the younger siblings didn't want that. Yeah. You know, so I mean, that's to show you how Catholic I grew up. <laughs> I actually have a, a crucifix tattooed on my right You arm. do? Yeah, it's the most Jersey thing ever. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I got this like 20 years ago. That's crazy. Well, yeah. I don't have any tattoos because I'm Jewish. Oh, <laughs> You're not supposed true. to have any tattoos. Right. Maybe I'll get one one day. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you see, know. you're devout. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. You pay attention um, to some of the rules. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think like in our family, it was always, I think my mom did a really great job at like celebrating the like important holidays, but it was yeah. more about like bringing the family together. Sure. It wasn't necessarily about like being Jewish or like being, you know, like, celebrating like god or whatever that was it was more about like oh like this is a reason for us to come together yeah and that's i think that was the communal yeah i think that's more how she saw it like i I was raised jewish and like we did celebrate and we went to the synagogue but we didn't go like every friday or it wasn't like it was very Mm low-key and i think i think that's what maybe that's why I don't hate it right now because I wasn't forced into like specific, like I remember I actually went to, I actually went to private Jewish elementary school and I didn't like it at all. (laughs) It was just not for me. Like we had to pray every morning and all these things. And I came home one day and I was like, mom, I really don't want to go there. Like this isn't, I don't feel comfortable. And she, she wasn't my vibe. Yeah. This isn't my vibe at all. And she was so receptive and she understood it. And she wasn't like, Oh no, you have to go there. She immediately was like, okay, what are the alternatives? Like, where are you going to go to high school? Like, you know, and, and she immediately made like, like accepted the fact that that's not the journey I want to go on. Even though I was like nine years old, you know, and she really listened. And I I love that about, about her, that she was really giving us, this like very safe space to create a life that we wanted to create like even even going like all the way up to now where it's like when i when i started out like i did my i was in college for fashion design Mm -hmm. and like oh we didn't even cover that i didn't know that no it's a whole different thing but you know coming from like immigrant parents you know your parents have and you know this have this expectation of you right Mm -hmm. like they have they obviously like they're sacrificed their lives to come to this country so like the expectations for immigrant kids or first-gen burden or whatever are, in like in my opinion, are higher, right? Because your parents put so much pressure on you to succeed, and so like a lot of the times, especially in Jewish families, it's very common that like you have to become a doctor, you have to become a lawyer, you have to become an accountant. Like those are like the quote-unquote real jobs. And when I yeah. told my mom like, "Oh, mom, I want to study fashion design," she was like. She's like, she, oh God. No, but actually, she was the only person that was like, yeah, go do that. Oh, like, that's I su- cool. I support you. Yeah, my, everyone, my parents were a little uh, trepidatious about it. Yeah, but I mean, everyone else actually wasn't. Like, ev- my dad was, my, you know, like my my entire family was like, oh, that's not a real job. Like, you, what is she studying? Like, you know, how are how you can't make money with that? Yeah. Like, how are how you going to eat? Su- yeah, exactly. But my mom was the only person who was like, no, go do that. Like. If you love this and you think you can become successful, you should do that. And she supported me in that way. And I think that's what really helped. Mm. You know, like having that support from a really young age allows you to grow into the person that you want to be. And I think 
you know, I'm, I'm so lucky that I got that. And I think that, you know, I'm just that shout out to my mom. Shout out to your mom. <laughs> shout out to my mom. Um, but you said your family didn't respond in the same way. No, they did. They, they didn't at first. Or did you, well, did you have to become an accountant? No, uh, I, I, you know, I didn't know what I was doing when in my my late teens into my early 20s. I call it my time in the wild because mm-hmm. I went to undergrad at Rutgers mm-hmm. uh, and then I majored in um, communication and then I minored in psychology. Mm-hmm. And I Ooh. almost I almost double majored, but I, I failed a physiological psychology class. Essentially, it was brain anatomy because it was a period one class. And I was like, I, I can't do this. I, I hate yeah. this. So yeah. just good I, for you. You you knew at you knew at the beginning. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, so I just um, major minored, um, but I wanted to do something creative, and I, I ended up pursuing it in earnest, but only afterwards. Yeah. But it all it all ended up paying off at the end of the day because I yeah. think it was important to get life experience in the beginning. And my parents saw my dedication to my academic life after I graduated because they knew that I found that passion. I felt just a bit rudderless for a few years. I I don't think I really found myself or my pathway until I was like 25, 26. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah, it is It is a little crazy. But, you know, we all, we all find a way. We all get there. Yeah, I mean, I also think, like, defining yourself at such a young age, yeah. that can't, that can't, like, I, I, when I started college, I knew I was want to do something creative. Yes. But I didn't really know, oh, is it going to be, like, fashion design? Is it going to be photography? Is it going to be yeah. film? Is it going to be illustration? Like, I didn't know any of that. I just knew right. that I didn't want to be a doctor or I didn't want to be a lawyer or right. I didn't, you know, like I didn't want to do any of those things. What was the last job interview you were on? Or how about, what was the last job interview for like a non-creative job? Did you have any? I've actually, I've been freelance since I can remember. I've wow. never had an office job except for when I moved to New York the first time in 2015, I did an internship at the, at the Austrian embassy. <laughs> so I think, <laughs> I think that To accomplish what? To... I, you know what I, okay. So this is, this is a little bit longer. Like I, I, I finished college and then for a year I didn't really know what I was going to do. Like, am I going to do a grad program? Like I did at Parsons, ended up doing a Parsons. Am I going to work? Like what? I just didn't know what to do. Like you, you finish college and you're kind of like, okay, what now? So for a year, kind of like you, I was like stumbling, like trying to find like to tap, he was like tapping in the dark. Like, was it, what is it that I Mm -hmm. like? And coincidentally, right, it's turning over every rock. It's like, what yeah, is like, this? What's what is this? this? What is that? Yeah. Like, I'm, do I like this? Am, do I I even, feel... am I good at this thing? Yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, probably not. But, you know, you try it anyways and you have fun. Yeah. Coinc- oh, I, have, I have a story about applying for a, an insurance gig at MetLife after your story. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to forget it. Okay. Yeah. Don't forget it. MetLife, MetLife, MetLife. Yeah. Um, coincidentally, I, this was in 2015. So, like, in, the, in 2015, um, for, for those that don't know, uh, the Syria crisis was going on. Mm, so like yes. it was 2015. Um, there's a lot of Syrian refugees, refugees coming through Hungary, Austria, Germany. Um, and I, I didn't really have anything to do. So like I, I went to the train station, like to the main train station in Austria, in Vienna. Um, and like saw that a couple of people like were building like they were just like building like humanitarian help and i was like well like i'll just i'll bring my laptop i'll bring my camera and see how i can help because i don't have to do anything anyways like i don't know and so i went there um and and like kind of was like to this girl that was just like sitting on the at the desk like on her computer like typing furiously 
was like, hey, like, I'm a photographer. Like, do you guys need some help? And she was like, yeah, go over there. And then so that was kind of like that was kind of the beginning of like immediately delegated to go to a yeah, place. Like, go, what? go, go over there. This person is going to help you. And so like we did like um, a Facebook account, like on social media um, and and kind of like asked people to bring in donations. And that really like grew into like, I think it was like 50,000 followers in the end. Whoa. Um, that really grew into like something big. And like from like this like tiny, you know, there's like two desks that this woman was working on um, to like, we took over the whole train station. It was kind of crazy. And became a hub for Syrian refugees. Yeah, because they were on their way through. So they wanted to go. So and it, was, it was to document their passage through the Yeah. So like, the I mean, area? They, so this is the way it works in the European Union. The first country you enter into, you are allowed to seek asylum. So what happens is like all the, now you're like, oh, wait, but this is kind of unfair because the border countries suffer from that. Yes, they do. So a lot of the immigrants need to go or, um, or refugees need to go further up. So they need to go to Germany. They need to go to France in order to distribute the refugees so they can't all stay in greece or italy or you know spain uh, okay. or whatever so they they need uh, to so pass that, through that these refugee countries. status is dispersed throughout the eu yeah so okay. it's not just in one country so they are able to like travel further north or further uh west or wh wherever it is so austria and hungary too. And how do they determine that flight of humanity like how do they say like oh well there are a hundred thousand people over here so therefore they're going to go this other way you know what yeah. i mean you're asking you're asking a great political question that <laughs> i don't have the answer to <laughs> like yeah Fair that enough. this is this is actually where immigration and refugee law in the eu becomes very complicated like how yeah. do you like, how, how do you, how do you do determine that? that yeah yeah all i did was just be at the train station and help like give i gave them first aid basically oh, that's so cool. like food shelter um humanitarian aid like if they had bruises or whatever like we tried to like connect like moms with kids together you know so like if the kid was on one train but the mom was on the next train trying to find you know like there's like a kid station where the kids could just stay and then the moms you know could check out if those were their kids yeah so like that was all we did in That's austria wild. and then they like either went on a train and went somewhere else or they decided to seek asylum in austria like there was like a ton of help like you know so this was all i did and, and that's where I really decided, oh, like, I can't work in the fashion world because, you know, like, I saw just the other side of it and mm -hmm. was like, this isn't, I can't spend my entire life uh, working in fashion because that, it just didn't, it just didn't feel right for me anymore. Yeah. So photography was like, like a way. Like the elitism of it all? Yeah, just like, it very it's very exclusive. Yeah. It's very, in a way, harmful for the world. You know, you can go into like so many topics about that. Sure, sure. So, but for me, I decided, oh, I can't be part of that world anymore but i still want to stay creative and i think photography build was able for me to build that bridge of like being able to use your tool in like yes. a very political way yes. kind of like you do right like on on instagram or you know like trying to build a community but yeah. it's also able to provide you maybe with commercial success mm -hmm. so like it was uh, for me it was a way to do both and you know not sacrifice my life but also not be so far removed from like a a completely different world so that that time in my life now and i wonder if it's the same for you um and like was very inspirational very important you know like that like not really being able to know what you're doing yeah. actually in the end of the day it really defined yeah a big part for me no no for me same thing like f for me that time in my life post undergrad when i was searching 
I was I had so many jobs. Like I felt like I was um I was almost a parody of a job. I was I was cosplaying as these different things. Yeah. Like when, right when I graduated Rutgers, I tried to get a job at MetLife selling insurance. Yes. I was like, this there is we a, go. This I is, wanted to hear oh, the yeah. story. So this is quote unquote a job. So I put on a suit. Mm-hmm. I cosplay in my little suit. <laughs> And then I, I nailed the first interview on the day um, to be essentially a health insurance agent. And I was like, just everyone that does that, good for you. That's dope, <laughs> right? <laughs> and I tried to do it, or at least I tried. I applied for it, um, and I nailed that first day. But then I took a psychological exam, and I apparently failed the psychological exam. <laughs> Wait, how do you fail a psychological exam? I have no idea. They gave me no details. <laughs> I just knew that I I had a piece of paper that I answered a bunch of questions, and it was a. I, this is so many years ago now, but um, uh, I'm sure that the questions were about uh, working in teams and like, you know, your approach to challenges. And also, do you know anything about insurance? I have no idea yeah. what those questions were now. But I remember I called the dude and he's like, hey, uh, the guy that interviewed me is like, hey, uh, so we all loved you. We thought you were great, but unfortunately you failed the, the psych exam. <laughs> I was like, oh, cool. So I guess I don't have the job. He's like, yeah, you don't have the job. You don't have the job. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. He's like, uh, you're terrible at this apparently, according to this thing. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, after that, I I was an intern at, um, at a music production studio, two music production studios, one uh, JSM Music, um, and then another one Pulse Music. And it was mm-hmm. right over in Union Square. I was there for like six months at both spots. And then I just kind of floating around. I was a substitute teacher. I worked at the mall <laughs> um, selling XM Salad Radio. And also, what was my last job job? Oh, I was a personal trainer. I was a personal trainer at New York Sports Club. Yes. Um, excuse me? Yeah. I, I would love to have a personal trainer. If you ever <laughs> pick it back up, let me know. <laughs> I actually, it's funny because sometimes I think in my head, I'm like, oh, what if I just retired as a creative and I just went back to personal training. I, I got my na- re-certified uh, <laughs> under NASM for North American sports medicine. Oh my god, that's so funny. I know. Um, but yeah, that was my last like non-creative job. After yeah. that, it was off yeah. to the races. I mean, I yeah, I definitely did my fair share of like what I like to call um, not so glamorous jobs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it's just like part, like it's like part of the hustle, especially like if you if you don't have generational wealth, you're really starting at square one, right? Yeah. Like, and then all of at a sudden, square zero. At square zero, yeah. All of a sudden, like you're like, oh wait, how am I going to be afford to like pay for my film, or like how am I going to be able to work on my photography as long as I don't make money? So I definitely like had my fair share of jobs for sure. Like, yeah, <laughs> I'm like trying to think back. I was I was a sales girl at the secondhand store for a really long time. I think four years in which Vienna. I, yeah, in Vienna, which I did on the weekend. Oh, you did retail. I did retail. I was. Oh, I did retail. I worked at an old navy. <laughs> oh yes, I, I love. And then a piercing pagoda. <laughs> I've pierced ears. I've punched holes in people. <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny. Sorry, I'm like tearing up. It's so funny. Um, I, 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 yeah, I worked in retail. I worked um, as a bartender. Really? Yes, I worked as a bartender. I worked the doors at the club in Vienna. Um, whoa, whoa, what's the Vienna club scene like? So it's mostly techno. Yeah, that makes sense. It's a lot of techno. Um, like a very, lot of dance. Yeah, very civilized, I feel like. No one has ever, I don't remember. <laughs> what does that I, mean, very civilized? Like, I don't recall anyone, like, you know, anyone trying to, like, bust the club or something like that. Like, oh. for most part, like, I would just, like, read at, like, you know, who's on the guest list. Um, sure. And then let that person oh in. Oh, my God, were you a clipboard person? Yeah, like, it's, like, in the, you know, when you, like, oh sit God. in the beginning, like, like you let the person in or you don't let the person in. Oh, my God, Ava, you, you held down the velvet rope. <laughs> I was, how do you say? I was a gatekeeper. <laughs> 
gatekeeper. <laughs> I was a gatekeeper. Um, but yeah, I did that. It was actually really cool because like usually there would like a security guy always stand next to me. Mm-hmm. And then at some point, you know, it gets kind of boring. How do you even get a job like that? How um, do I not know this about you? So, I mean, friends through friends. There was this one yeah. girl. She kind of knew everyone in the city. Yeah. And, like, I kind of became friends with her. And then she was like, oh, do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? Like, Don't she be the just, door person at the club. Yeah. Do you want to be the door person at the club? Or, like, I think she hired me once to, like... The whole the vice door. thing makes so much sense now. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, how you land in all these situations. Yeah. I, I've, I've definitely had some fun in Vienna. And, like, <laughs> shout out to my Vienna crew. Yeah. Um, I've, I think... I think being like a teenager in Vienna and like not just a teenager, but like a young adult yeah. before moving to New York, those years for me, like kind of like for you were the years where I was just like having fun and like, yeah. you know, and it was really about like, what's the next party and like, what's, you know, and, and, and there was such a great, like, I was mostly in that like LGBTQIA plus community. Um, so slash drag queen community there's a lot of drag parties so like in vienna really yeah yeah there yeah there's a oh that's cool there's a really cool party it's actually it's called rhinoplasty and it's uh-huh. <laughs> it's at the it's like in a train station huh. inside of like a train station. does drag race have an offshoot out there because i know drag race does like i know there's like a drag race philippines i don't know i don't think so i wouldn't i mean i feel like i would know that but i i don't know um, but yeah, so like I really felt at home there and I, I really felt, um, what am I, what am I trying to say? Oh, All I'm trying to say person. is like door, door person. Yeah. All I'm trying to say is like, I did, I did my fair share of very fun, non so glamorous jobs that, but it was cool. Like the, when I worked the door, there was always a security guy. Oh, that's what I'm going to say. There's always a security guy standing next to me. And like, usually that person, I had nothing in common, <laughs> but it was kind of cool because like all of a sudden, like you had a conversation. I could see for, like, you being the a full door night. person. I could so see that. Yeah. Because your be look like, right yeah. now, you very much have a door person vibe to me. I'm like, <laughs> you quietly judging. move to the side. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. 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 So let's, let's role play really quick. Okay. So let's say I'm coming up to the, to the line. And mm-hmm. then I'm trying to cut the line. How do you? You have to go back. Really? All the way back. All Don't the way cut. back. Unless you know someone, like unless you're my best friend, you like you know if it was like my best homie, whatever. Then yeah. You can always like my my peeps. They can always go in, but like yeah. if it's someone that, especially if they're rude, you know, mm-hmm. it's like it's almost like, you know, like what like, if I give you a hundred dollars? Okay, yeah, then you can go. Then has anyone ever done that? No, no, no one would ever. I feel like in in, in Vienna, like people are very civilized, so they wouldn't oh. do that. But it's almost. I'm trying to think about that phrase, like like tell me how like someone is to the waiter, and I can tell you how they are, right? Oh, like it's like that. Yeah. There's like that saying where it's like yes. if you're rude to like a waiter, then you know that person is rude. Period. Yes. So like it's almost like similar to that. Like I knew like when I was like waiting tables that like if that person was rude to me. Then I, I, you just immediately knew what type of person that is, you know. And yeah. it's like at the door, it's like similar. I will say it didn't work that long at the door. It oh, was okay. Like, it was more like I was like tell me all these door stories. All these I'm so door curious. stories. No, it was like that's a, I feel like that's like, a podcast. Yes, <laughs> that's like <laughs> club door stories. <laughs> Season two, first gen burden is now club door stories. <laughs> Anyways. Bonus episode. Anyways, yeah. Um, yeah. So when I was in Miami for for Basel, me and Allie were staying in um, in South Beach at a Holiday Inn, very conservative mm-hmm. Holiday Inn. Mm-hmm. We literally booked these tickets like just a couple of days prior. I was like, I just really want to go to Miami. Mm-hmm. 
I'll stay anywhere. Who wouldn't want to go to Miami in December? I know. If you're New York based. Yo, legit, right? Um, so we go down the street to Soho Beach House. It's like two doors down. It's like you, you walk up Collins, past the Radisson, and then the Beach House is right there. So we're standing in front of the Beach House. It's Friday night around 1.30 in the morning. Um, and then we're just waiting patiently. And I'm not a person that's going to like try to... Uh, you know, go to the door person, even though I didn't know the door person, I'm not going to try to go to the door person, try to finesse my way in mm-hmm. unless I'm, you know, unless I'm just kind of in a rush. But yeah, I was I'm very I'm trying to be very respectful. So we're out there for like maybe 20, 30 minutes or whatever else. We just got off a plane, just kind of irritated. It's one thirty. I was like, is this worth it? It's not worth it. I hate lines. Yeah. Um, but this one tall dude um, looked like a model. He was uh, six foot plus. Um, he had a had a look on his face where I'm like, I don't know if I like he was a human being. <laughs> not to not to judge human beings. <laughs> yes. He co- cuts to the front of the crowd um, with his with his lady, with his partner, uh, and then the entire crowd. You feel the crowd's like hate him immediately. Yeah. Right. And then talk about community building. Talk about community building. So someone else from the back of the line comes up. Also tall, this comes into play, and he comes up to correct him, <laughs> right? Love that. Yeah, and this dude's wearing a babushka, yeah. and also it's in Miami, so I'm like, okay, so they're very two fashionable people that look like models, yeah. but getting essentially to a shoving match, but because they're tall, um, and they're maybe uh, 15 feet away from me, I'm like, we can see everything that's happening, right? Yeah. You can see arms just push <laughs> each other, so they start swinging at each other. And it's just a show. We're just like, wow, look at these tall people fighting each other. You're like, wait, is this part of Art Basel? Is this an art installation? Is this an art installation? (laughs) And then it turns into a fist fight on the ground. What? It it turns into like world star hip hop. Legit. That's so cool. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then then the cops come and also there were capacity. So the fire marshal came too. It was like, we all just have to go home. (laughs) I was like, wow. That's what I stood in line for. Yeah, Yeah, it just takes one stupid asshole yeah to just mess it up for literally everybody yeah and we're all so pissed i think i think the sort of entitlement of like you thinking that you are so special that you can just walk up and like enter the club yeah you know like not like that to me i feel like that's some like very type of like like very white privilege like very male white like i would never dare to do that just because i know it wouldn't work Um, (laughs) i wasn't gonna say like but yes, he was all those things. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, you know, it's like that's some like that's some entitlement that you don't you can't even learn that that has yeah. to be like engraved that's into your body for you to just be like, oh, I'm this type of person. I deserve to go like into the front of the line. And it's like, no, but why? You know, right. like why? Like, why is it that you think you can just you know, skip the line? And then and that kind of <laughs> that kind of refers to you or like that going from lines to like super you know to make this a little bit more about life you know (laughs) people are learning life lessons from this yeah one of the life lessons that we want to give you today is like you can't this is not how you live life right like you can't just skip the line and be like oh i'm gonna you know like no you just you just wait you can't just skip the line yeah yeah you can't just skip the line that might be the title of the episode you can't just skip the line my friends um this is hard work period yeah (laughs) you know period period um, no, you can't just skip the line and like 
and and this really like applies with i think with art it really applies to like you have to put in the work right like it doesn't yeah. it doesn't matter at the end of the day like it doesn't matter are you rich or poor you still have to put in the work because mm-hmm. you know that's like that's how you create a body of work like it takes years it takes yeah, time true. it takes development right and you like, don't even know who you are in the beginning right like how i don't it's it's funny because when i went to parsons i i was a ta because you know i had to make you know, I had to make money to pay rent. So I was a TA in the second year. Um, and one of the students that was in my class was like, oh, like, like they asked the professor, they were like, uh, what, what should we do for this body of work? And my, the professor that I was TAing was like, do for this body of work. What are you talking about? Like, you don't have a body of work yet like that. And for some reason, that moment kind of stuck with me because like, you really don't like when you're this young, like you're just starting to create your work and like a body of work, like takes years to develop, like your signature style takes years to develop. Some people still haven't found it. I, I definitely know you know i I feel like i'm just at the beginning and that's okay yeah. you know like even you, for me i feel like i'm just re- trying to reinvent and search all the time yeah and like you're a little bit more senior to me so like i think it's okay like it's bringing like being a beginner like i always this is kind of funny because every time we start a new project i always feel like we're starting from scratch again mm-hmm. even though i've done this before mm-hmm. but it's okay like bringing out the beginner is actually kind of fun and like you know, remembering that feeling that you had when you just started out, when you were just doing stuff for fun, that that was so cool, you know? And, like, I think sometimes we get so stuck in, like, being the expert and, like, being, like, experienced. And, like, when you get to the table, especially with people that you don't know and you're trying to prove that you know what you're doing, yeah, that it kind of takes the fun out of it. You right. know, like, the beginner, maybe she isn't, like, super experienced or anything, but she knows how to have fun. And she knows, you know, she knows how to party and like, yeah. and that can be, you know, like at the end of the day, like we don't have like, especially in the creative world, like it's not, I take my craft very serious, mm-hmm. quote, quote unquote serious. Um, but it's, you know, at the end of the day, we do it just also to have fun and like, you know, combine like the seriousness of a craft and expertise and all of that into yeah. like having a good time. Yeah. You know, whether that's in pre-production, post-production, on set, in yeah. this interview, you know, like all of that. Oh, so much about the process now. Yeah. Like the probably like doing it, you know, back to chosen family, doing it with people that you love. Yeah. And also and for me it's like the output can kind of be whatever it needs to be as long as the process to me was fulfilling. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and I think that's like that's that's you see that when you and I'm talking about this MTV project because we did it together. Right. Like that's I think that's like the best case scenario. Like the process was so much fun. And we had no idea what that was going to be either. No. And the end result was like beautiful. And like all these things just work together in a very magical way. Absolutely. And I think that's when you are allowing yourself to just be who you want, like who you are and like bringing like that, like, you know, sense of like, oh, I'm going to try to do something new or I'm going to try to, you know, like, you know, let myself be vulnerable, <laughs> let myself be soft, but not vulnerable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe um, that's the episode title. Soft, but not vulnerable. Soft, but not yeah, vulnerable. Such we'll, a, we'll figure such it out. A, such a complicated English word. Vulnerable. <laughs> vulnerable. <laughs> um, anyways, so that's it. Don't skip the line. Don't skip the line. Don't skip the line because the line is actually the process and that can be super fun. Oh, yeah. What a good way to round it out. Yeah. All right. Ava, what are you up to next? What's coming up? Um, this year is wrapped. <laughs> so. Wrapped. Spotify wrapped. Spotify wrapped. Um, shout out to Drake because he was my number one. <laughs> <laughs> was he? Yeah. <laughs> How much um, uh, Circle Loco were you listening to? 
Circle Loco? Circle Loco. That was from the What new album one. was it? Oh, Your Loss? Her yeah, Loss? Her Loss. I actually haven't listened to Her Loss as much as I would like to. I think it's very much 21 Savage and not that much Drake. Yeah, okay. Okay. I think it's like, you know, um, but I, I haven't listened to Her Loss On that, that uh, much yet. Jimmy James? Um, I've definitely listened to... I've definitely... I think my number one album is Take Care. Oh, yeah. I don't know why. Oh, so you're just like listening to the whole Drake I portfolio. listened to like all of it. Yeah, nothing was the same. Like I even this like, what was it? Honestly, Nevermind, which yes. was like kind of like a summer boop, but like, yeah. A summer boop? A summer boop. Like it's like not. What, what does that mean? Like, you know, like it's like you, I listened to it in the summer. Like it kind of like reminds me of like this like cocktail party at a pool. Yeah. You know, but it's not yeah. like Drake, Drake, like take care. I do yoga to Drake, take care. Oh, That's really? how much I like it. You know, I listen to honestly, never mind just a little bit, but Jimmy Cooks was my, my go to on repeat over yes. the summer. Jimmy Cooks. Well, Jimmy Cooks is definitely like, I said Jimmy James before. I was like, Jimmy, James. Jimmy James, Jimmy, Jimmy Cooks, Jimmy Cooks. Yeah. Jimmy Cooks is definitely from that album. I think it's the best song. Yes, of it course. is the best song. Of course. Like that. Did one? you like that 21 Savage tease where they where it was the video but not the video i didn't see that yo so they they were going to do the video to jimmy cooks mm -hmm. and then when um drake did his verse and then you think savage is going to do his verse mm -hmm. and then they just kind of half do it and then it the rest of it's just them standing around and then teasing her loss yeah so it wasn't even the video i, don't, I, I was didn't like see what the that. fuck is this I need, to, I need to check that out after after we're done with this podcast yeah um yeah, no, but Jimmy Cooks, I love Jimmy Cooks is like one of those songs that I listen to at the gym. Yes, you know, me too. Like when I'm lifting weights, I'm like, give me something that like makes me feel like I'm like on top of the world. Yes. And then you listen to Jimmy Cooks. Totally. But but take care, for example, going back to the oldies, like I The oldies. The old the old, <laughs> I say the oldies, but it's actually not that old. It's <laughs> like not from the eighties. Um that reminds me of like a very special time and I think and and I also do my yoga to it, so mm. I do I do like. Who's your number two? So let's go down your Spotify wrapped, Spotify and, then, wrapped. and then we'll wrap. Probably, well, Drake definitely was the number one. Yep. Um, Lady Gaga. Oh okay. I would think Lady Gaga was probably my number two. Yeah. But then other than shout that, shout out like, to all the monsters. Yes, yeah, shout out to all the monsters. Um, but I think. After that, it gets very diverse. Like, diverse. It can it can go anywhere from like Dua Lipa mm -hmm. to Fleetwood Mac. Mm -hmm. to Do you think like Dua Lipa and Jack Holler were dating? <laughs> <laughs> um, so they might be. That's the rumor. Have you yeah, seen this? Yeah, they might be. I have seen that. I. And apparently Jack Harlow's taller than we all realize. Is he? <laughs> I, well, I, the photos that I've seen when Jack Harlow's standing next to Dua Lipa, I was like, I know she's not short. <laughs> so yeah. he looks taller than she does. I'm like, oh, is he? Is this guy hmm, interesting. ridiculously tall? We'll find out. We'll find out soon enough. Stay tuned, people. <laughs> Too bad there's no way to find out how tall <laughs> Jack Harlow is. Yeah. Well, I'm sure there is. Google is your friend. Right. Um, I'm sure you can Google how tall he is. But yeah, like the, the, the music gets very diverse. Like yes. It can be anywhere from like... You, I don't know, like Kate Trinata to like Mary oh, J. I Blige. Like there's, there is no, <laughs> there can be some ABBA in there. Like it doesn't, it kind of, whatever my mood is, I'll, yes. I'll listen to that. Um, and it, it kind of like, I think with music, it's like, it really depends on like what mood you want to be in. Right. So like, if I want to focus, then I listen to this. If I want to, if I'm at the gym, I'm definitely not listening to like, you know, some sad tunes. Like I'll listen to something that's very upbeat. That like, energy. Puts me, yeah. Like energy. Yeah. Put on um, that bubba. Yeah. Or like that. I just feel like a big boss. 
<laughs> but yeah, that's 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 wrapped. Amazing. That's, that's wrapped for this year. Um, we'll see what I'm, I'm going to keep it a secret. We'll see what happens next year. Love it. <laughs> Ava, thank you for coming on. Because I have a lot of NDAs that I saw. Oh, do you? Oh, yikes. Okay, cool. Let's let's not break any of them. I'm, then. I'm pretty sure that it says something that like I owe them my firstborn child. So probably, <laughs> <laughs> probably let's not. Uh, tell the listeners where they can find you. In in real life, you can find yeah, IRL. T- tell the listeners your home address. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so it's you can find me at the Sunday afternoon studio, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. is basically my home address. <laughs> That's how much time I spent there this year. Um, but no, on Instagram, right? That's yeah. what I'm supposed to say. Social media, websites, Social media on Instagram. You can find me on, on my website, ava-zar.com. And then on my Instagram, it's just avazar. Awesome. Literally not. <laughs> I wish my Instagram handle was a little bit more interesting, but it's just my name. Perfect. Ava, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. That was such a good conversation with Ava. So grateful that she came through. Super fun. Yeah, we're, we're probably going to bring her back again down in the future. and going to hear more about everything that's on those NDAs. So check out all of her work in 2023. No, so thank you, the listener. Uh, you can find the First Generation Burn podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcast content. Please rate us and drop a review. It helps the algorithm. Go to firstgenburden.com for all the episodes. On Instagram, we're at firstgenburden. And you can find me, your host, Rich Tu, uh, at rich underscore tu on most social media platforms. Thanks to Timothy Simonson for production. Shout out to Gym Class Heroes. Thanks to the Desjin team for their support. Thank you to Eugenia Mello, who illustrated our cover art this season and probably forever. Never want to let it go. Thanks to you, the listener. We drop on Mondays. New episode next week. And I think after that, we have about three or four more. We're really coming up on the end of season eight. It's going to be so dope. Be safe, everyone. Bye.